Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. We are talking about horror from Black women directors. We wanted to talk about uh, movies with Black women directors. Uh, unfortunately, we've talked about a few and there aren't too, there aren't enough that we could find to fill the whole month with. There aren't enough feature length. Yes, there aren't enough feature length ones for us to fill the whole month. So we decided to pick up some uh, short films, which we don't usually talk about too many short films. This gave us a chance to explore some of that stuff. So we're going to be, we're going to have a short film that we talk about every Monday in addition to our uh, regular Friday shows. So on that note, I'm your host, Jeremy Whitley. And with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. Uh, she already jumped in and sold the podcast. So directly next to me is uh, my wife, Alicia Whitley. Hi there. And of course, with us, we have our uh, co-hosts. First, they're here to invade your house and find queer content in all of your favorite movies. My co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? I think uh, short horror films should be officially called Bite Size. Very good. I'm into That's it. Good. That's good. Gonna start and, the petition. <laughs> and we picked her up at the spooky crossroads of anime and sexy monster media. It's co-host and comics artist, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I'm, uh, whew, I'm feeling the whole spectrum of horror here every every angle and these four films yes yeah, it's good yes and and uh our friend english and literature educator and friend of the show emmanuel lipscomb emmanuel how are you i'm super excited i love spooky stuff and i have a short attention span so this is sweet spot for me <laughs> <laughs> nice and finally our good friend writer and activist jay joseph jr jay how are you i'm good i uh I spent five years studying short films, escaped that world, only to have Ben drag me back into the world of short films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Never let you go. So uh, this week we're talking about Wake, which is directed by Brie Newsom and written by Brie Newsom. Uh, it stars Sara Lee, Christina Falson, and Benton Green. Can I read the IMDb description? Sure, go Because I, please, I don't... I'm, I'm not going to read that. Yeah, I don't think you can. Okay. IMDb says... Everybody knows if you're fixing the gossip, you got to have a little dirt on somebody. And everybody knows if you're fixing the bury, you got to throw a little dirt on somebody. But don't everybody know if you're fixing the conjure, it's best to take a little dirt from a body. So begins this Southern Gothic tale of root work, self-righteousness, and comeuppance. That was a very smooth delivery. And whenever they make a feature film, they should hire you for the trailer. Fun fact, um... Um, are you familiar with the Tukalorts Film Festival in North Carolina? Oh, in, in, in North Carolina, uh, one of my one of my best friends actually is a cinematographer and director from there. Uh, we went to the same program together, uh, but I actor friends down there. And when I saw the um, the credits, there's a casting director by the name Alicia Newkirk. I'm like Newkirk. That sounds like one of my friends and I asked them are you, hey, are you related to this person they told me uh, uh yeah probably you know if they were in film and their name's Newkirk I just as much as I wanted to hear Jeremy struggle through saying everybody knows if you fix in the gossip everybody knows if you fix in the gossip so you sound like you're about to cook up a whole mess of biscuits I say it, I say, I say it. 
I should say, I think the IMDb description uh, is helped by most of it is directly lifted dialogue from the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote down yeah. those quotes while watching the movie. Yeah, it was some really good quotes. I feel like, you know, you talk about these, like these short films having been pitched as like meant for another medium. I feel like this one was meant to be like a radio play, mm. like a podcast drama. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a like a Poe short story almost like black, very, black Poe. Yeah. Or yeah. like very or like uh black or like Faulkner, like very southern gothic. Yeah. This is a very it's a very much a fairy tale kind of story. I'm not sure what time it's supposed to be set in, but it yeah. seems yeah, it seems very much like a period piece. It's it's very classical. So I thought it was cool. I thought it was I thought there were some cool elements to it. There was a a definite limitation with the medium that that they they ran into. I'm actually really curious, Jay, as to how you feel about this one. Uh, I I think those limitations are called uh, finances for a feature yeah. film. I mean, I I, I uh, like like again when I when I said there were two short films that we watched that felt like they wanted a lot more to be features. I could I could absolutely see this as like a radio play. I can see it as maybe like a theater production, um, you know, um, I can see it as what everyone is suggesting. But but to me, again, this feels like someone has an idea for a feature and what they want to do with this is they want to tell as, as much of the story as possible in as little as time as possible. So we got about this uh, a, a 23 minute piece. And, you know, uh, uh, Wilmington, where it was shot uh, between Wilmington and New York, Actually, I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I think it was made in conjunction with NYU and um, yeah, it says in the credits. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It, and 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 no offense to any NYU uh, alumni here, <laughs> but there's there's always been a bit of a competition between you know NYU and uh, Columbia, and Columbia has always kind of been more of like story school, and so when we learn to write and direct, and produce for always more about telling the story and being sure every part of it kind of supports it. And they, they beat into us how to, you know, make an effective short film. And at NYU, they're more about kind of the more technical skill and the effects. And that's a really nice way of putting it that, you know, they write features over there, but they're not the best at telling an effective short. So I, I think they're, they're coming in with that mentality of, you know, um, you know, I learned how to make uh, uh, feature films, but I need to find a way to kind of condense this with the kind of the funding that I have because a, a lot happens in that film. And I can see that. That was one of the comments that I had was that it is beautifully shot. Yeah. And I thought that some of the angles that uh, she used I thought it was I thought it was really well shot, but I thought that the story seemed a little um hurried. Little, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And sparse somehow. Yeah. Right. Like, I liked yes. a lot of I liked a lot of the ideas and the arcs and the acting, but like I think the story was solid, but yeah, just like meant to be more and longer paced. So do we want to discuss like what happened in the story? So essentially, uh this woman who I think was a sheltered young woman, I think that's all the community says about her. Her father has passed away. They have a wake. Um, and if you're not familiar with what a wake is, essentially the community is supposed to help the person's soul pass on by sitting and being together. I've never been to a wake where we actually had to wait all night. It seems a little excessive, but that's what this community does. So she gets a man. She, she does a little root work. 
Um, and if you don't know what root work is, it's essentially like hoodoo. She yeah. takes some dirt from her, her father, from her father's grave and brings it to a... It's a little unclear if she is supposed to be a witch or a demon because she does put a... The girl does put a circle of salt around herself in the way that you would to protect yourself from a supernatural creature. And speaking of colorism, yeah. I mean, she's got like reddish hair and uh, she's very light skinned. And uh... yeah. And let me say the the woman that plays the, the witch or demon or whatever she is in this deserves an award. She is fantastic. Oh she is oh, yeah. elevating she awesome. this movie yeah. uh, above and beyond what, so what the good. rest of it is doing. She is just killing it. When so, she yeah, turns into like the monster and is floating yeah. up and just grabbing her, like, she is just being like, yeah, that, she this just is has all of that great like, acid in her lines and that accent. At one point, she's like, it ain't my job to pull a weed in your yard. I'm just like, yeah. yo, she told you. <laughs> yeah, so, well, before she, before she asks her to pull this weed, uh, I have some questions about why you would use, we find out that she murdered her father. She didn't allow him to get his pills when she knew he was having a heart attack. Um, so she was responsible for her father's death. Tells the community that he died in his sleep. Tells the the person she has summoned this as well because she asks mm, how lies. she is asking for a man. Yeah. You know, she's she's put together this uh, <laughs> you know this sketch, this list of demands for uh, what this this man that she's going to get looks like. She's and asking for Michael Ely. Did anyone else see? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and uh, you know she's uh, asking this this uh, woman for for this man. And, uh, and gives gives her the the dirt from her father's grave in exchange. And what and, I can't figure out is why you would use the dirt from your father's grave if your father was like the person you're trying to get rid of. Like this definitely. Oh, does she also like, she also lies about how her father died because she asks how her father died and she she lies to the woman about it. And then you know it is clear from early on that the the man that her man knows how her father died. And yeah. turns out to be yeah. not this, not quite this ideal uh, guy that she she wants, but is a monster, and she sets to and kill him we as know? well. Here's where I'm confused. How do we know, like, other than him saying like her name, like her dad died in the dark? What what else made him? Why was she like, ah, he's a monster? Like, what did he do? Very he unclear. did something to make her make her I mean, scream. I but, assumed it was some that. sort of assault. Or abuse that the movie but before that she was want to show us he was like he's a monster she was like you need to come to bed and turn off the lights and he was like we wouldn't want anybody knowing the truth would we and i was like what uh, well he did read the I, bible yeah there, there, there's yeah. a different beat there i agree well yeah, i yeah, thought they were going for an implication that, like point. he doesn't sleep but then it's just like oh um, what if people saw someone up late at night yeah yeah reading I, can, the bible. I didn't understand that well, yeah then, he was reading someone a bible someone up late, <laughs> so someone late at night in this uh, empty stretch of land where you could see people coming from miles off. I do feel like there's this story set up could lend itself to in a different world, a romance manga, help the forest witch made me my dream boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's sort of like the initial, We have, the fact that it's, you know, the, a horror movie, we know this is going to break bad, but like, it is very much like the, she goes to the witch because they have this whole setup with the the funeral where she's throwing the the grave dirt on her dad's grave, but then she keeps some of it. Then uh, and the ladies are gossiping about how she needs to find a man, and she, you know she's like a spinster now and all that kind of stuff. So she goes to this witch and essentially is like, "I want a man," and the witch says, 
I, or you, you can't get a man unless you give one. And so I think what she's essentially doing is giving her father's soul or body right. or, or something Got symbolically. It. Exchanging with, the oppressive dad for the So yeah. it wasn't just, my dad is dying and I don't want to help him. I'm going to allow him to die. And now I want a man. No, I think was, this was the plan. Yeah. 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 She now knows the witch and she's like, gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. <laughs> the root work thing is interesting right? really good. because I feel really like good. dirt from a grave is not an uncommon figure and you know stories and whatnot but the dirt that she holds on to hasn't been in the grave yet it was dug out of the grave to make a space for him and then she just holds on to dirt that hasn't like touched the casket or the body or anything so I'm just like what are we that's I- just dirt that's <laughs> it's symbolic I mean it does go bad so yeah. maybe she I was ready right. to see like bugs crawling in and out of his nose or something so there's the fly motif throughout right, right? That's... yeah that wasn't particularly so, terrifying though for anybody no. who's like from charlotte so I, I, Wilmington, especially wherever. in the south it's terrifying. i would like to touch on something that was that was uh mentioned kind of um and and and, and kind of relate this back a little bit to something else that we watched in terms of um you know how in another film um he kind of understood the circumstances immediately both because it was tapping into like a cultural zeitgeist but also because it was really good at setting up its own stakes i i felt like um uh, this one wake is kind of dependent a bit too heavily on horror tropes that we've seen before mm-hmm. and and that can work to a degree like you know you you have something with kind of uh, uh zombies or whatever and it we all kind of instantly get what a zombie is, um, you know, but I, I, I do feel like it, it used a couple of narrative tricks almost as a crutch. Um, and I think, I think that was one of them, like the kind of the horror element. Um, the, the narration was uh, well-written for what it was. It was very kind of like flowery, but um, uh, it also did a lot of work in terms of like, maybe a little bit too much work in terms of explaining the circumstances uh, for a film. And I, I think just a little bit more kind of clarity, a little bit more specificity, like, you know, why does this, why does this matter to us? Like, I, I, I think is what I'm trying to say. Why does this matter to us? Why did her dad need to die so that she could uh, get a man? It, it almost feels like to me that uh, my take on it was that she accuses this man that she wanted badly of being a monster and the witch is being a monster, but you know, she was kind of a monster herself for killing her father, but um, I'm really coming into that with like no information. I don't understand what her relationship with, with mm-hmm. her father was. Like, I'm right. like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm- well, she had there was something about how she was being kept by her father, so he yeah, was trying he was to keep too sheltered. All the information we get about her relationship with her father is delivered by our chorus of, of old biddies, <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Bootsy, the most Christian woman in five counties or something like that what was it so the nicest and most christian woman in town yeah Yeah, so she's assaulted (laughs) by this monster and uh she decides to go back to the woods to try and undo what she's done and her witch demon lady her witch friend friend says she said you went to that (laughs) what she said you went to the eye doctor trying to get your teeth fixed (laughs) <laughs> and you know, I, I love that results. line. I was like, "Oh, that's a that's great." Line. <laughs> um, she delivers it. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I she's... like that the woman was like anticipating her because there's the whole thing with the salt circle the first time we see her and how she like steps right up to it. It's like, is she going to cross it or not? The second time we see her, she's already there before she can get the salt circle done. So like the woman mm-hmm. is not safe and can put hands on her, which is fascinating. She's like, I knew you were coming back. <laughs> yeah. I knew you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah. So well, you were what... right. It's a very Edgar Allan Poe type thing. Like she kind of makes her, her bed and then has to figure out how to lie in it i suppose i thought gray i really thought they were gonna go for a telltale heart thing because the next thing you hear is her saying he died in his sleep and it's her her husband and she's talking to one of the you know bitty chorus and uh bitty chorus sounds like a name from like the crucible or something (laughs) (laughs) Um, or maybe from girls like maybe emily gilmore's one of her friends um, it feels like the name <laughs> of a take on a like riot girl band in Gilmore Girls. It's ah! in the DAR. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty astute, actually. So, uh, and she, you know, sees him twitch, and she's like, "No, he's coming back." And the, the community thinks that she's just mourning her husband, but they leave her there with the body. I also and she did puts a love fucking that. Axe into him. I love that yeah. scene of her like. Scooting out the back to grab an axe yes. and scooting back in. She does. That an axe? Yeah, that was really well shot. <laughs> That's where the bitty core is. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> so he turns into dirt and he's gone, we think. But then the next shot is her sitting on the porch, pregnant. And um, the biddies show up and they're like, how's, how's pregnancy going? And she's like, I can't get no rest. And she was like, he's kicking all the time. He's kicking all the time. And the other lady's like, girl, I have two sons. That's how they do. Uh, that's a man for you is how it ends. And I was like, yeah. Wait, the next well, time it, you sleep will be your wake. Yeah. I think the line. Yeah. Yeah. I was not into the evil baby trope. Like I, I really am not into that trope. <laughs> um, so you know, like, or that, the, are all are all babies evil, <laughs> or men? Yeah, are I all mean, men that's evil. Like, that's the thing is that she comes to, she goes to the witch, and he's like, he's a monster. Men, no, babies, yes. Yeah. And did she deserve not this all babies? Assault? Like, if she yes, is assaulted, are we now saying that you deserve this assault? You brought it on yourself because you. Well, I mean, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, voluntarily that one time at that least. Was, like, yes. Yeah. But then the yeah, other time she's like, I don't like you. You're a monster. And he's like, but this is our honeymoon in Wilmington or Charlotte or Paris. And I was like, wow, that's a really. <laughs> you like hey, named- Charlotte is the Paris of the South. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I named two cities in North Carolina. I thought I that was the to- lost city of Atlanta. After he said, like, I'm a physician, I'm like, are we going to get to see this guy pretend to be a doctor? I was like, is this guy definitely himself into being a doctor? Or is he just going to like get somebody killed? Who's like, and that that, that was the thing. He's like reading the medical book because he's like, I have to sell it or something, I think was his line. Uh, uh, You know, I'm I'm telling people I'm a doctor. I have to kind of learn some of this stuff. and that's when she was upset with him. You know, but I he was I, writing I, the Bible. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then I couldn't yeah, tell if he was he was what? commenting on he was reading or reading the Bible itself. I think he was just guilt tripping her because he's a, he was a supernatural evil man that she summoned that knows all about her own guilt. So therefore, he can manipulate her with her own guilt and then also like assault her because he's a man and he has a dick. I guess. 
Yeah, he didn't really seem to be doing too much. He did grab her by the hair, I think, and then the light faded out, and then mm. and then she screamed. Okay, yeah. I, you so know, what I, we're saying I, is, I, objectively, this guy has done less than Count Becula. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the I, assault is not great, but like we also don't know any. Like we have the movie gives us no context. We're getting into a no face Benny situation. Open here, to like. interpretation. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think, I think part of it is that uh, because you said something that was really, um, I think, kind of poignant there in terms of how, uh, with the with the ending and with like the evil baby and all that kind of stuff, it's like she almost deserves this for what she did, which. In kind of retrospect, I feel like the film was dancing around a lot of uh, problematic tropes. And because of that, it almost feels like it was afraid to commit one way or the other. Like it wanted yeah. to use them. So it wasn't going to leave them at the side of the road, but it right. also didn't want to like, you know, fully commit to kind of um, uh, and go for the throat there. And I think whether you play with those things or not, I, I think you have to make a solid decision as to like one or the other, either you're going to deal with it and really deal with it and, you know, take uh, whatever criticisms and, um, you know, whatever um, kind of prior status that comes with it, or, you know, you kind of just, just don't and you figure out something else to write, right? Um, and I, I feel like this kind of went with a very kind of milk toast, middle of the road. Well, we're going to have an assault, but it's like not really an assault. We're going to say that, you know, she deserved it, but we're not really going to say that because of what it represents. And and I think I, I think that really comes through again as to like the confusion as to what was supposed to be going on here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think this is one instance where lack of context really just hurts it. Um, the story, like the measure of like, okay, is she being punished for having like killed her father? Except we don't really know what their relationship was like and how justified that may be. That may have been like for her, like how much of a punishment. Like, again, it's like I totally get not wanting to actually show an assault, but just yeah, the lack of knowing what's going on. Again, like we don't understand what's happening and we can't fully be with her and her like reaction to what comes next. Um, you should have yeah, just like said, said all lives matter. And then yeah, that would like, have been- <laughs> yeah, like, and again, like it, it feels like it knows its themes are kind of messed up, and so it doesn't commit to them all the way. Yeah, yeah, like you said, and and you know, just 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 for the record, I I, I feel like if like um, if you're not going to you know not to lecture anyone, but if you're not going to like explore this stuff with any kind of sensitivity or sincerity, then don't do it. Um, you know, it, I, I don't like telling people not to pursue content. I think, you know, anything, I don't, as a, as a creator, my, my prime thing is like, you know, uh, nothing is too taboo, nothing's off limits, you shouldn't self-censor, but you should approach this with, you know, some kind of um, respect at least. And I, I feel like even getting away from um, the more kind of uh, problematic issues that it was approaching, it leaned just far too much on these kind of common tropes that we have just in general, not even, not even just like the, uh, you know, here's the assault, here's the punishment. Um, it's just, there's just, just like a lot of 
of, of general cliches that we've kind of seen in other movies. I think kind of what you're saying about like the evil baby, we've gotten that, you know, with uh, Rosemary's Baby, Insidious, you know, there's, there's like a ton of movies like that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the kind of making a deal with Satan in the woods or, uh, you know, whoever it is, the, uh, the witch or uh, uh, Papa Legba or whoever it is. Yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of that. It's it's like, you know, it's it's all stuff, it's all a lot of stuff that we've kind of um seen before. And I think if you do it, like, you know, there's there's there's, you know, I, I don't believe that there's no such thing as no original ideas, but it's really hard to come up with an original idea. But if you're going to do it, at least find a fresh take on it, you know, find a fresh perspective instead of just using the same stuff. Technically it's great. The acting is great, but the writing is just, uh, it just it's just uses far too many crutches for my taste. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be a really cool uh, movie um, if they, you know, if they committed to something like there's, there's a certain point when you're dealing with as a, as a creator, when you're dealing with a subject that's difficult or complicated that you're, it's not just the commitment issue, but it's confidence issue. And yeah, I think, you know, yeah. if you're not confident tackling that issue, I, I agree. I don't think you should, you know, take that step. I mean, yes, we all have to have to fail at some point, but, um, you know, it, it's, you don't have to be correct. It's just as long as you're confident and then you admit the failure, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's a really good point about when when to try to tackle complicated subjects because you know we, some of us have subjects that we don't really have personal experience with but you know we have a, a reliable source for help with you know getting that context it all comes down to you know the the confidence as as to communicating that absolutely yeah we, we've talked a lot about it but i, I think if if you want to go with the monster baby thing that feels like a third act quest and then you have to go somewhere with it because uh, at this point it's a post it's, a, it's almost like a post credit scene to a short right. story and I, I feel like the the problem is there's like there's a lot here the style is good the acting is good but i think we're never really clear on what the menace is from you know this uh the initial menace from the dad we're never clear on what the menace is from the husband again like i understand not wanting to have an assault scene but then maybe don't introduce an assaulter as the problem yeah right it, it can just be a supernatural assault scene it doesn't have to be a rape like he you know he yeah be menacing in the same way that the the witch is menacing in the scene after that um, that's a wonderful thing about horror is that you don't have to be literal with some of these things you can be symbolic in a way that is that is clear enough but also not problematic like not super problematic you're right outside that's the bounds right. of the human behavior absolutely yeah. really transgressive yeah and I, 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 I was totally ready up. for like an explanation of why of what exactly the the witch character was getting from all of this because i think that's something that's left out in this story that is usually the twist in a story like this is like what you thought i was just gonna give you a husband for free like you didn't pay me anything i didn't get anything out of this so like yeah clearly he's he's there because uh i wanted to fuck with you or because i get something out of it yeah i, th I think i think that would have been helpful i agree with that um I think you made a good point that we see the witch being more threatening to her than we actually see the evil husband being threatening to her. That's kind of the real problem is uh, the witch is the best part. <laughs> she's, she sure she's by far scarier than the husband. And like, it's like, well, let's, I'd rather spend more time with her. Like that would be more, 
uh, more interesting. So either you got to amp up the menace and spookiness of the husband, or you know, just just go with the witch because like, you got gold there and you're passing it by for tin. Um, <laughs> the rest of the story. So I guess overall, guys, would we recommend people check this one out? I think it's worth uh, seeing. Yeah, yeah, I would check this out. Like it's yeah. still like it's still got some like cool gothic horror vibes that you don't see very often. Yeah, it's very moody and it's very good. You know, it's nice to look at. It's one of those things that as a creator, you can watch and be like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm, I'm going to take a similar idea and go this way. You know, like it's very inspiring in that way. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, Brie Newsome, uh, this was 2010, I think is when Wake came out. But in 2015, I want to say uh, she climbed, she um, climbed the South Carolina State Capitol. Ca- in her South- Twitter bio. like <laughs> <laughs> she, climbed, yeah. she climbed the state capitol like flagpole and took down the Confederate flag off of the top of the South Carolina um, state capitol. And there's been beautiful paintings done of her like waving this flag, but she's she's an activist. She was an activist before. She's been an activist since. So that's not like the only thing that she's done, but I think that was like the biggest thing that she's done is she put on some climbing gear and tore down that Confederate flag. So um, pretty yeah. badass. <laughs> it's pretty badass. It's pretty so, badass, yeah. So I think it's uh, watching this in the context of knowing who she like what where she was going (laughs) you know this is like before she was uh, famous for that um was really interesting getting that perspective but yeah for sure and being from North Carolina I thought it was interesting yeah I think it's it's interesting in these these four films that we have there are two that are there's one that's very New York and there are two that are very southern um Mm -hmm. and then there's no face bending which I don't know could be anywhere (laughs) it's in a black box yeah, that, that, that'll be that'll be uh, uh, uh my recommendation because i you know i i i definitely love um the very uh new york vibe that uh here woke up but but consequently i love the kind of uh, way it captures that slow kind of a north carolina move and uh kind of how close-knit uh communities are it, it's very different and i you know i i think when people think of um filmmaking they just they, they tend to just think about los angeles and new york and think about whatever is you know kind of currently popular like you know New Zealand or Hong Kong but they don't think about North Carolina uh, Virginia Georgia or you know further out in the Midwest like you know Utah has a bit of one um and I I think think, Blood Run Down we'll be talking about Louisiana too yeah oh nice very very cool yeah and and I was I was actually uh, thinking of uh, moving down there for a little while for my film career you know I, I worked at um Tyler Perry studio for like a summer um and and North Carolina has a really really kind of great little film community. So I I would definitely check it check it out just for kind of that and see what some North Carolina filmmaking is about. Um, because I I really respect their kind of craft down there. All right. Uh, so that that does it for talking about Wake. Uh, I think we all generally recommend it. It's not uh, not quite as heartily as Hairwolf, but uh, it is. Is good and it, it's worth watching for the actor yeah. alone. I think so yeah, definitely check sure. that out. And it's much easier to find than Hairwolf. It's on Vivo, so you can just go pull it up and watch it right now nice. for free. Um, all right, so that wraps it up. And then uh, next week we'll be wrapping this up with talking about Blood Run Down. So we'll see you then.